EMP show back on the airwaves. What's going oh, on? how y'all doing today? Hey, for the first time this semester, Phil is back. Back and better than ever. Boom, boom, boom. That's yet to be seen. We will be the judge of that. Well, there you well, go. <laughs> there you go. What was that world famous line Phil used to always say last semester? Used to come through. Hey, hit, Ma, hit him with one what's that Tinder profile say? Oh that, oh, that one. Oh, that thing. Nah, not that one. What, oh, what was the other one. one? What was the other one, Phil? What did you used to say? Oh, oh. Used to come through, hit him with one of my many nicknames. Big Hoops. There we go. You mean, uh, hey, Ma, what's that Tinder profile say? Might be is, doing something with that. Is not your... That That's not your nickname? Uh, that, no, no, no. That's, that's not the nickname. All right. You know what? Let's Welcome right back in. to the show, Phil. Me and Eddie talked a little bit about what we did on our breaks yesterday. What are what? How was your break? Break was terrific, man. A little bit long. You know, a month is a month feels good, but it's 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 a long time. That last week was like, I just started feeling lazy. You know, everybody else is back to work, back to moving, and I'm like, all right, well, I guess I got another week. But uh, you know, I was able to knock out some stuff, and we got. Christmas break. Uh, we got a small get together there for Christmas, New Year's. I kind of laid low, did some stuff at the crib, but uh, it was a nice little recharge, you know. So we ready to dive right in? Oh yeah! As you know, that sound can only mean one sport that is getting talked about this current time, and that is. Major League Baseball. Hey, that was really good. Thanks. You, sh- you should be on the radio. Maybe doing uh, the play-by-play for the Rockies. I heard they have a job opening. <laughs> That's why we need a breaking news drop, Kate. I don't know why you haven't uploaded that yet. My God. Come on now, T.A. Get it together. I didn't get one. Anyway, there goes your mic, T.A. <laughs> All right, so... Really, what has been, as I teased earlier, there's been one name lately kind of dominating the headlines for baseball. I mean, unless you're talking about, you know. Sosa. Unless you're talking about the whole, you know, sign-stealing, cheating scandal that's been going on with the major leagues. What could you ever be talking about, sir? Actually, that's something else we could totally dive into here. But first, I want to get what's nearest and dearest to my heart in baseball Talk about that real quick. Nolan Arenado's name has been the talk of trade rumors this winter. Uh, right, Currently, the number one team interested in him appears to be the Cardinals. Names like Matt Carpenter, Jordan Hicks have been some of the names t- rumored to be, you know, options in a trade. Right off the bat. Don't trade Nolan Arenado. I, I, obviously, there is you know talks happening, or else you'd have people coming out saying, "No, we're not trading Nolan Arenado," or Nolan Arenado coming out saying, "No, I'm not going to," you know, because he has a no trade con, uh, no trade clause in his contract. So anywhere he gets traded to, he has to give the okay to. And you bring up that, I believe I heard you say this, but. 
the main talk is St. Louis Cardinals. Right now, yes. And the thing is, I mean, the Cards are not a bad team. Um, if memory serves, they were a playoff team last year. I do believe so. Which so, the Rockies weren't, unfortunately. No. But there comes a time where you have to stop getting rid of your good players just to get mediocre players or mediocre prospects that don't pan out. So where would, where would y'all rank Arenado on our list of best players on the team? Arenado? On the Rockies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he, number one. You're number one. Yeah, number one. He's one of the best players in baseball, period. We, he, we, we have a pass of just letting go our number ones, right? Yeah. I I would hope so, but time will tell. No, no, like we have a, we have a past of letting go of our. Oh numbers. yes, yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, honestly, with Arenado, there you can make a strong argument that he is, you know, the best, if not the best, top three third baseman of all time. He's definitely going to be Colorado's first Hall of Famer. And this well, isn't this isn't just me. This is like national pundits talking about this because his defense is that good. And and granted I say it could be Rocky's first Hall of Famer because I mean we don't know what's going on with Larry Walker. Don't know what's going on with Larry and is, is Tulo not getting in? Uh Tulowitzki? No. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't think so at least. Is um, uh Cargo not getting in? Not even close. I mean if if you think about this man, they're not Rockies anymore. Well yes well, I know, but are there aren't they but they're, wasn't their prime as Rockies? But you see you're you're talking about a couple guys who got who a lot of their fame came from offensive stats. Yo, Todd Hilton didn't get in? Listen, hear me out real quick. But because, like, you know, uh, Larry Walker that Eddie was just talking about, Tulowitzki, Cargo, a lot of what brought fame to their name was their offensive stats. And with Larry Walker in particular, he has fabulous, fabulous offensive stats, but he gets docked so much because he played – for the Rockies. Now, with Arenado, yes, he's very good offensively, but what brings fame to the name is his defense. And that's why I think Arenado has a much better chance of getting into the Hall of Fame because of how good he is defensively, and they can't use playing for the Rockies as a hindrance to his Hall of Fame ballot. And they like to use playing for the Rockies because of what, the air? Yeah, the altitude. Because of the altitude. Yeah. yeah. Which Base, I, baseball I, a crazy sport. Yeah. Which I understand for like baseball hitting home crazy runs. Sport, I can kind of understand. But like average, I don't understand, you know, a great average is a great average. You're not going to be able to hit the ball necessarily all that much better just because you're in altitude. They still letting all the old dudes do all the voting for Hall of Fame? Yeah. That's the issue. So that that's why Nolan Arenado probably has the best chance to be the first Rocky into the Hall of Fame. Now, the question comes, like Eddie brought up, whether or not, when it comes time to that, is he still going to be considered a Rocky? Like, like to cross sports here, Payne Manning, okay? Longtime Colt, came here for the Broncos, played four seasons, won a Super Bowl with the Broncos. When he goes into the Hall of Fame, in my eyes, he's still a Colt. Like, he spent, you know, two-thirds, three-quarters of his career as a Colt. You look at John Lynch. He's a buck. Like, I don't understand why his number got retired here in Denver. Love John Lynch. He 
played very well the couple years he was here in Denver, but he's not a Bronco. He is a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. Oh, we know why his number is retired here. But, yeah, keep going. <laughs> so, with Arenado, depending on what happens, now I'm still – I still want to hope and believe that he's not getting traded this season. There seems to be a lot of, you know, big time – like like a, like a Woj bomb, if you will, but baseball version – saying that it is inevitable that Arenado is going to get traded this season. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) So if that happens and say he gets traded to the Dodgers, not that there's rumors necessarily specifically about that right now, but he is, he has always talked like, you know, if he doesn't play for the Rockies, he'd love to return home to Southern California and play baseball there. Who wouldn't? So let's say he, he got traded to the Dodgers, you know, played, another eight years or whatever for the Dodgers, probably won a World Series because it's the Dodgers. You know, at that point, if he was to get inducted into the Hall of Fame, he'd probably go in, in most people's eyes, including myself, as a Dodger, not as a Rocky. Because of the resume of what he would have put forth at that point compared to what he did here. Okay. You get what I'm saying there? I got you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, a lot of whether he's the first Rocky to go into the Hall of Fame depends on what happens this year in particular, whether or not he gets traded. How old does this do? 28, I want to say. Yeah, 20, 27, 28. So, he still has half his career to go. <laughs> yeah, especially baseball, you know, oh, right. third well, base. I mean, I mean he, if he's got half his career to go, I mean, then I could go either way. He just signed a eight-year extension going into last season. Yeah, I believe, for like, what was it, $237 million? Yeah, something like that. Uh, <laughs> with, you know, with player options for the last four years, or I believe it is. Something like that, yeah. Okay, I understand. Um, I got a couple questions for y'all. This is about baseball in general, not not local Rocky stuff. Okay. What's going on with Houston Astros? How do you guys feel about that? Okay, yeah, well... Is there anything else you want to say on the Arenado bit before we moved on? Move on to this whole cheating scandal because this is this is a whole like segment go. here. Whole, whole Talk about yeah. something juicy. <laughs> so, just last thing on Arenado is we need to quit letting our prime players go. We need to settle down and continue to fix the other part of the roster. The when when you bullpen. decide to let Arenado go, you're basically setting up the Colorado fans for another losing season for the next five, six seasons. And one argument I guess you could be made going back to trading to the Cardinals is one of the names closest, like one of the names tied to this trade would be Jordan Hicks, who is the, you know, phenomenal young reliever for the Cardinals throwing 108. I think he hit at one point last year, a hundred and something, but he has a fire arm. So that, that, the weakest point for the Rockies. But, but is what's the point? What's the point of going to the bullpen to get a fix in there when we're just gonna turn around, and let it be an Ottavino situation, and let him go to the, to the Yankees? I, I, again, I don't want to trade Arenado. I'm just saying that that's that's the counter argument because the weakest point, like the the place we need the most help, is not offensively necessarily. It is pitching. It is specifically relief pitching. If we can get, if Freeland comes back and Marquez come back to where they were a couple years ago as a pair compared to what they did last season. If if we can get those two back to where they were on top of keeping John Gray how he was this past season, mm-hmm. it'll be very 
very good. That'd be for a the great Rockies. three-man rotation right there. As long as we don't get caught get caught cheating. Yes. Um, like, you know, Red Sox or Astros, probably any team that's won the World Series the past, like, you know, 10 years. Uh, I, I can agree with that. I can agree with that. They, so they were talking, I, I heard on the radio, they were talking how fun it would be if uh, for a game when the Astros go and play in Yankee Stadium, if they just gave out like little mini trash cans to everybody now, at the door. Now, to- hold on. Let, let's, let's not touch on that quite yet. Oh, come on. I want to bang the trash. I know. We got, we we can acquire this into another segment. Acquire it into another segment. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. I'm trying to use big words here, but we can we can make that happen. But first, let's take a small little break. Don't cheat me. Mainly because I hear there's a fight going on outside, so I want to go check it out. You guys want to go check it out at the fight at the flagpole? No, somebody out there getting beat up. No, in the parking lot. Oh, but they know, didn't say what parking lot. So if I was getting into a fight here, I'd want to do it at the fountain. Just to get a drink afterwards, or what? Like throw him into the fountain is like a finishing move. Ah, yeah. Like loser has to go. I got you. I got you. All right. All right. You guys are listening to AIM Student Radio, home of the EMP show. EMP show back here on AIM Student Radio. That was Masterpiece by Jesse J. I rock with Jesse J, man. I, I'm trying to think of another song that she might sing that I might know of. I don't know nothing else. I didn't even know that one. Oh, wait. Doesn't she sing the uh, the flashlight song? For sure. For sure. Kate, is that? Is that Kate, what you know about Jesse J? Nothing. Kate, this this is the one part hey, of the TA, show that we need. Hey, T.A., what do you know about Jesse J? Now, I feel like this is very fitting just to touch on some craziness out there in the MLB world going on. No one ever not hit 315 last season with 41 home runs, and we want to trade him. Ridiculous. It, the, whole, the whole scenario is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yes. Uh, like a booger, I step to this. All right. Anyway, so... What what I don't understand sign language, Mike. Boom, boom, boom. Burrito. Yeah. What's yes, up? What's burrito. up? Are we, 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 are we I got one. I got one. Right. You got one. All I right. got one. Okay. What what's the next one? The next one. Yeah. The next signal. Uh. Boom, oh wait. Boom boom. Boom 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 boom. Boom boom boom. Burrito burrito pounding. Boom, boom, burrito boom, pounding boom. on my stomach. Boom boom. <laughs> check check this. Ish out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, check this fish out. The Houston Astros uh, made a boo-boo. They've been caught sign-stealing for the last, really, what is it, like two, three seasons they've been doing this? Because they've been doing it since uh, they won the 2017 World That's Series. It sounds like to yeah, me. Yeah, so it should be like two, the, the second season. sounds like to me. So they apparently use electronic means to steal the signs and then in the dugout would bang on the trash can to basically Morse code it to their hitter. Hey, there is a slider coming. 
and was listening to some people talk about it in game seven of that world series um going up was it the world series yeah i think it was game yeah game seven against the world series against the dodgers they're going up against you darvish who had been killing it all season and in game seven he gets hit around hard by the astros in a way that you know hadn't happened to him the entire season and people are talking, wow, you know, they're in their home, they're at home. Crowd's a little quieter when you're at home and your guys up pitch, uh, when you and your guys up. So now you how, pitch, you Darvish pitches for who? He at that time he was pitching for the Dodgers. I'm not sure where he is now. Yeah, there's another Dodgers pitcher that's been affected by this though. Clayton Kershaw, an even greater pitcher. Yes, yes, yes a guy who could arguably be be the greatest pitcher of all time. Yeah. I mean, for at least of our generation. Who started questioning his whole entire life existence because he couldn't win and, and, over the Houston Astros. And after that game, you know, the, the Astros came out because they knew, you know, they hit around you, Darvish, in a way that was unprecedented for that season. Came out and said that, oh, yeah, you, Darvish, he was, uh, he was tipping his pitches. Was he really tipping his pitches, or were you just stealing his signs? Is that really tipping your pitches or just playing baseball and you're Man. cheating? Man. It's, this is a great story for baseball. It's uh, really livening the place up. I'll tell you that, man. We haven't had anything this juicy since they started doing the steroids thing over there. I've always said that they may should bring steroids back, you know, because that was like the height of baseball right there, scoring, hitting. It was excitement. Mark McGuire was out there heavy cheating. Barry Bonds was doing what he had to do to match Mark McGuire's cheating. It was it was excellent, man. Now we got more cheating out here. In a very, very different very, way. Very, very different way, man. I I guess for me it's like, like if you if you gotta if you can steal pitches, tip pitches or whatever it is, steal the pitches from uh, you know, because he's tipping them, that's one thing. But if you gotta get the video camera out. Bill Belichick style, man. That's another thing, <laughs> and that's when it comes. That's when you know. That's when the when the fun goes out of it. That's when it's kind of, you know, where where's the morals of the sport? The morals of of your insides at, you know. So Major League Baseball came out, and as a punishment, they suspended the GM Jeff uh, Lunau, Lunau, and manager AJ Hinch for one year. And then subsequently, the owner announced that both of them were going to be dismissed from the team. And the Astros were five, fined $5 million and had a loss of their first and second round draft picks for 2020 and 2021. Makes sense. So there's a decent punishment, I guess. I mean, I'm not sure how much. I mean, there, there has draft, to be something. There has Man, to be something. that ain't no punishment. Yeah, draft. They're they not getting no trophies taken from them. Who? The well, I mean, are, are they still down. getting paid? Yeah. So, okay, so I can agree with Phil. That's not a really punishment. I mean, and losing. They're, they're getting a year long. The, the Dodgers ain't vacation. getting trophies. And they're losing, you so know. Everybody saw the, the Astros win. That's that's who we know won. The Astros won. Bottom line is this cheating stuff works. Nobody cares that you lost a first and a second round pick because those in, in all of the sports in baseball matters the least. They're draft picks. 
Because it's all about prospects, and prospects get moved around a lot of times, you know, two or three times before they actually make it to the majors. Now, isn't this the same Houston Astros team that was trashed for all these years, and then they decided they was going to tank it out, do the Philadelphia 76ers thing, then they flipped it around, and now over the last few years have basically been held up as um, this, like, gold standard of the way things that should be done. Since they started cheating. Man, this is beautiful, man. It's a great story. And you bring up the trophies, there is people talking because also Major League Baseball came out and saying and I and said, uh, or at least implied that they're not done necessarily with punishments because also you know the Red Sox not. are imp are implicated in this as well from back when they won the World Series. Oh, don't tell me about the Red Sox is that they're cheating too? <laughs> oh man, not the Bostonians. So do you? It, would it make any sense? Does it really do any justice to take a? trophy oh like say oh no know, the damage is already done you no longer are we that already World know champion. who won the championship dodgers win the championship go have yourself a parade two three years later now we saw who won the championship we saw the city celebrate we saw who was drunk at the at the at the at the, at the, at the party yo man championships already won this cheating stuff works it's like going back um what are you waiting for <laughs> Going back, when was it? Um, I, I, back when, like, uh, I think it was, like, Weber and whatnot were playing at the Fab Five at Michigan. And they had that great season, uh, went to, like, the Final Four and everything. But those were all, you know, erased because I think it was Weber got paid, wasn't it? Yeah, one of these bad boys got Yeah, paid. one of them got paid, so that all got erased. Mm -hmm. I think that's a little bit easier to do at the college level versus pro level. What you mean? To be able to go back and erase records, but you still remember the team. You still remember how oh, good no. they were. You still remember Bro, how they, deep they made. They it. already tried. They, you know, they they made Reggie Bush give back his Heisman, which I would, I in no way in hell would have returned my Heisman trophy back to the committee. But they made him return his Heisman. We still know who won the Heisman that year. We still remember one of Reggie best, Bush winning the Heisman. One of the best running backs that college football had seen nah, uh, for a while. Once that trophy gets handed out and the award show goes by and you see all the fans and all the players celebrating, we know who won. Even if you cheated, we know you won. We've seen it. If, if you, even if, let's say, we all lived in L.A. and we were all Dodgers fans, okay? Do you want, would it mean anything to you to have the commissioner go, hey, you're now World Series champions from three years ago. No, because that that's like... What does that fix? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> it it, it sounds like cheating work to me, fellas. That's It's not <laughs> something I would see. It's crazy. As much as I want to disagree with Man. you, I, I can't. Like, it, it All this says, because there's no real punishment to it. What was the punishment? I have, a, I have a buddy, actually, who's doing... Uh, who umpires. He's trying to work his way up and get to like Major League umpire. Umping, and he did this whole post saying, you know, NBA, NFL, take note. This is how you punish somebody. Um, I'm like, come on, are you really punishing them? Are they really? Did they? You find them five million dollars. They probably made you know fifteen million dollars off of the revenue bump that they get from winning a World Series already. So five million, who gives a crap? You know, first, second round picks. Already talking about that. Who cares in baseball? One of those things, man. Only time will tell. But I don't want no second place World Series trophy. Nope. Me neither. All right, guys. We're going to take a small break when we come back. Diving back 
in to more sports here on the EMP show only on AIM Student Radio. time for some Denver Nuggets talky talk. Who are on national TV tonight, I just noticed. What? Yeah, game's on TNT. Yes, sir. Is it because they are playing a certain team? Probably that was, you know, has been super good for the last, you know, seven years or whatever. And, uh, you know kind of crap this season honestly but what do you mean sir oh we play the golden state warriors who are the proud owner of the worst record in all of basketball (sighs) after coming off like you know like was it like six straight finals appearances or something no what uh Four straight finals appearances. 15, 16, 17. Yeah, four straight, yeah. Is it only four? I feel like it was at least oh, the five. Last year, last year makes it five, so five, yeah. Okay. But, I mean, Golden State's Three not that two. bad, though, right? No. They've at least won 20 games. Or are they, nine. Are they, yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, they They've won 29 game. games. No, nine. Yeah, They're guys. nine and 33. They've won nine games in a row. Yeah, these cats are horrible. No, period. Just nine games. Yeah, they bad. No Steph Curry, no Klay Thompson. KD left town. All they have is uh, is uh, D'Lo. Draymond Green. Draymond Green. Wow. Just not. Where's the worst team in the league by far? By, by far. And there was all this talk about trading I mean, uh, let's... D'Angelo before the season. and I doubt they're going to be doing that now. I mean, if you are a Golden State fan, at least you can be kind of excited because... The Hawks only need one more loss, and then they're tied with you for the worst team in the NBA. Well, no, at this point, no. I'd want that number one pick. Yeah. Bring in James Wiseman, and like, because it's been—I don't know when they've had a really good guy at the five in the entire duration of their dynasty. I mean, they, had, they had Andrew Bogut for at least half of that. Yeah, day. I said a good player at the five. Are you sleep on Andrew Bogut? Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, I mean he's okay. Okay, you sleep on Andrew Bogut. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're clearly the worst team in the league. Wasn't Bogut like a first or second overall pick? Actually, I believe he was second. Was he, was it second? It was some one of those. I, I thought he was first. Actually, he could have been second. But uh-huh. uh, but yeah, yeah, he was he was definitely top two for sure. Um, but yeah, All right, they're the worst team in the league by far. It's it's ugly for them. I have I don't think enough, it's enough, rare when they're a lot, lot losing by twenty plus. Enough talk about losers. Let's talk about winners. Let's dive in here with All the Denver right. Nuggets. Hit that Denver Nuggets music. Denver Nuggets music. Our, the TA hasn't put any Denver Nuggets music in for us. Hmm. Uh, you know, yeah, I guess we don't have Denver Nuggets music. Seriously, some somebody yelled at our, our TA. You right already now. played the NBA music, huh? Yeah, I already yeah, played you, that. You definitely did. Yeah, but we don't but have somebody it. yell at the TA for me. TA. That was pretty good. Yeah. That was pretty good. Solid. 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 Solid there. All right, man. So what's going on with the Nuggets, man? Where do we want to start with these cats, man? We want, we want, to, we want to start with Jamal. We want to start with Michael. We want to start with, right. with, with Nicola. Well, we want to let, start let, with let, Mike. 
let's talk about this mm-hmm. real Coach quick. Coach Mike. They are 7-3 and three in their last 10 games. They're currently second in the West, four and a half games back from the Lakers, who they actually beat uh, last time they played them, the Lakers, that is. This one was that we played them. Mm, the thing I want to say about three weeks ago. Yeah, the 22nd beat him 128 to 104. Yeah, they set on the road that game. Well, still, it was in LA. It was a great win. They just, I mean, just saying, they sat LeBron out that game. Yeah. Um. So beat LA the Lakers last time. Actually, we beat the Clippers too, if I'm not mistaken. Clippers like two days ago. We just Uh, own. We own the city of LA. Like they're all, they're all just chumps compared to our Nuggets. It's been. It's been a. What is our record for CLA teams? Are, Are we two and two? Let's see. So, beat the Lakers, lost the Lakers, and uh, we beat the Clippers one fourteen to one hundred four on Sunday. Followed or before that, we had the one twenty eight one hundred four over the Lakers. Have we only played the Clippers once so far this season? I thought we had played them twice, but I uh, think we have played them twice. That was definitely a game. So we beat them here. All right, so we've beaten the Lakers. Beating the Clippers. I can only find having played them once. Wow, we have. We play them in the preseason. I it? know. Is that when we played them? Yeah. All right. So, Which we beat them. So we have a two and one record against the LA teams. Two and one record. All right. Two and one record versus the LA teams. Now, do I need to break out the the reality of the situation here? That you, we're you, probably go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Probably um, the best team. We didn't. In the West. We didn't play the Clippers with Paul George, and the Lakers were missing LeBron when we played them the game that we won. The game that we got housed. I think it was in Denver, and they had LeBron and Anthony Davis, and uh, Jokic was looking pretty bad. Yeah, so that was early. That was earlier on in the season. Jokic has definitely yeah. turned his season around. I, th- I think he. Tur- I think he looks better now. So we're good. We're good. And Michael Porter wasn't getting much time at that point either. No. Um. So actually, let's talk about last night's game, and we can talk about the team in in general. Last night we took on the Hornets uh, from Charlotte. Yes, we we beat them down to. Uh, hundred to eighty-six is the final score. First time in quite a while we held a team under a hundred. Granted, we only scored a hundred ourselves, but uh, it was a great defensive performance for us. Uh, Porter put up seventeen points in the first half. And another note on this game, though, is kind of on a downside. Murray rolled up his ankle. It looks like he's going to be out for a couple weeks here, from what I read. Uh, but it did open up the door for P.J. Dozier to get his NBA debut last night. Uh, shot five from five or seven from the floor, put up 12 points in 13 minutes. So a pretty good debut for the young man. How many guys did we play last night? Uh, we played everybody. Did, like, oh, did we? There was no and the final DNPs. score is 186. Yep. Oh, that's a lot. Of, that's, a, that's a lot of tick for. Only 100 points. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, let, let's look at, like, who who kind of led the way in the points. I mean, you have MPJ. 17, right? With it, 19 it, points. 19. Jeez, he only scored two and, points and in the second half. He had a fifth, of, he yeah, had a fifth of the points there. All right, cool. Followed up by none other than Mason Plumley with 15. Wow. It was one of those nights. Yeah, not not too bad for him. Then a lot have, of scoring from the bench. Then you have Grant with 14. And then Barton coming with 13. And then... Not only do you have Jokic, but you have uh, Dozer, the young man, both throwing up twelve points. So just just that right there, man, is is so much confidence because this this young cat, 
Barely knows how to tie his, tie his shoes and like fill water bottles. What, what, did, what did Devontae Graham go for last night? Devontae uh, Graham? Uh, where is he? He Whatever. put up 14 points really? last night. Really? What, yep. what was his? Was he kind of give me the numbers on Four of 11. Three and nine from beyond the arc. With 37 minutes. Okay, he's kind of been lighting it up lately, so I wanted to know. I didn't really realize we were playing the Hornets last night either. Um, I Um, think Graham is actually, when I was listening to him on the radio, that Graham is who uh, Craig was matched up with for defensively a lot of the game. Troy Craig was guarding yeah, uh, Devontae Graham. Uh, Craig got the like start. Craig's like 6'9", or whatever he is. 6'6". He's got a hell of a wingspan. No way he's 6'6". That's what he's listed at. No way that dude is six six. Um, but okay, okay, that's what it's listed at. Um, you think he's taller? Yeah, I think he's. Probably I think about he's like six, six seven. Oh, yeah, I, I, I could see six seven. I was thinking about. about I'm six, about eight, six eight. But um, oh, actually, but they they, they did change it. He is listed at six seven now. So now he's at six seven. Last season he was listed at six six. He got growth spurt over the summer. It's funny because everybody else is <laughs> everybody else in the NBA shrunk because they decided they're going to do real heights and take their shoes off. It's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So everybody else is like, that's why Kevin Durant's over here claiming six nine. All right, but that's that's to a different different point. But uh, like these cats are easily like seven feet tall, trying to be but shorter. Here's the thing. Short guys trying to be tall. It's all funny. Yeah. Um, so so let, let's get back to the main thing. Okay. But so yeah, let's dive let's dive back in here. It's Dozer, yeah. PJ Dozer is what we're yeah, talking about. That, that's what I want to talk about. I mean, okay, getting his first start, his first real time to shine, and with Murray down, he's going to get some major minutes tonight, right? Too. But he comes out and matches one of our great scoring leaders of the past few seasons with Jokic. Both scoring twelve. How how does that boost your confidence? Knowing that you're taking kind of the spot of Jamal Murray right now, he gets back to being healthy. But how does that boost your confidence? Well, Malone's come out and he's been really high on Dozier. He's kind of like a Tory Craig, where Malone was super high on Tory Craig, loved what he was doing in the G League, and really wanted to have a spot for him. Dozier's kind of in that mold. Uh, as far as like, he's a very long point guard. Uh, he's a big point guard, mm. and somebody that Malone has really liked him because of what he can do defensively mostly. And then he comes out and has a pretty good offensive game here. Uh, so that's just that's the cherry on top. Yeah, I'm with you. This, I mean, this is cool stuff, guys. <laughs> I mean, I, he ain't getting no time in the playoffs. I mean, he's, no. he's just asking, yo, what's this do for your confidence? That's, I mean, yeah, anytime you're getting playing time, the first thing is just give me some time to play, coach. Give me some time to play. I mean, it's, it looked like everybody scored last night. So, like, everybody, yo, that's, you know uh, what I mean? Like, that's what's up. Like, we all got it in. Everybody but Beasley and Wancho. Yeah, so we all we was all getting buckets last night. Uh, you, you don't see Dozer getting any playing time in the playoffs? Probably not. One, I don't think he's going to be eligible to. Because um, once Murray gets back... Dozier's probably not going to get any playing time now. Am I confused? Like, what's going on with Monte Morris? Did, did, am I confused? Did something happen to Monte That's why I'm saying, like, yeah, I uh, don't see him getting playing time once Murray's back. But then there's Gary Harris. But, I mean, if, if you look at Monte Morris, man, he had 24 minutes to play last night and only got four points. I feel that, but everybody else scored on the team. What about all the other games? Like, I, My thing is Monte Morris is a solid like they're going to be hurting next year when they lose him. So PJ Dozier hopefully can step in and, and be okay. But Monte Morris is a real solid point La- guard backup last, for sure. Yeah, last season he, in, in my mind, was in the conversation for best backup point guard in the in the NBA. Oh, definitely, definitely. Uh, so to to just move on from him when he's still having a good season, it's not like he's having a bad 
year. Yeah, P.J. Dozier came in. He had a really good debut, and it looks like we're going to get a chance to see if he can sustain that over a extended period of time with this injury to Murray. But I still personally would take Morse over him. Uh, I mean, Morse set like records for his assist to turnover ratio in yeah, college. Yeah, I was going to say he's re- I and mean, he was he, he's, he takes care of the ball so well. He does. He's gone after this year. So like I think next year, I thought next PJ, year was his last year. Because uh, sure. this is this is Wancho really and Beasley's there. last year. I think next year is Morris's last year. Okay, so I mean, yeah, we're. So, I mean, if BJ Dozier can really play like that, then I mean, the, it's a solid trade piece. Someone, someone's a solid trade piece. So they've got plenty of them. Yeah, which is probably Beasley right now. Uh, well, it's probably he's definitely out of yeah. Um, but let's let's switch gears a little bit to another rookie who's really been making a splash. Uh, in the minutes he's gotten, and that's MPJ. Play the Michael Porter Jr. music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that dude's been killing. T.A., do we have Jay any Kaboom? music? T.A., where's our uh, Michael Porter Jr. music at? We don't have any. T.A., get on where's the mic. Our, you were supposed to put in the Jokic music and Excuse the MPJ me. music last night Actually, before you left. Jokic here. does have music. There's like this whole like Serbian, like a, like this pop song from Serbia that ha- that talks about Jokic. I can, I can dig it. I can dig it. So we could probably actually find that. Nobody would understand what the hell is being said, but we could probably find that. Throw our Michael Porter Jr. music going on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I'm, I'm trying to find this. <laughs> he just comes out to the Stone Cold Steve Austin music. <laughs> uh, <laughs> talking about this one? No, this isn't. This isn't Serbian music. It might I don't be. Know. I don't know. We will we'll listen to it later. Anyways, um, Michael Porter Jr. is finally getting consistent minutes, it seems. And this is a huge plus for the team and their development as a whole because it looks like if you give this kid 20 minutes a game, and that's just, you know, 20 minutes, that's probably about average for somebody coming up off the bench as the, you know, seventh guy, roughly. Um, he's going to give you double digits and points. Basically guaranteed. He's almost. Yeah, he's a certified bucket. Yeah. He he's almost a walking double double because he's also put up really good rebound numbers when he gets his minutes. No, yeah, uh, no. Honestly, one of the best things I like about him is that he always goes to the offensive glass. Yeah, yeah. That's what um, he's all. He's always trying to get an offensive rebound. Um, last night, nineteen and eight, eight rebounds there you, there you for him. How many minutes was that? In, uh, well, in 28, he ended up playing a lot more minutes last yeah. night. But I mean, you say you dropped 17 in the first half. Like, yep. Sure, you want more balanced scoring from a guy, but if you can get your bench player to drop 17 and a half for you, that'd be nice. Also, two steals and a block last night. Like, block isn't necessarily his what he's known for, but when you're 6'10 with a 7'2 wingspan, and you're probably, your natural position is the three. You're going to be going up against guys a lot of times that's shorter, that's smaller than you. Mm-hmm. With that wingspan... If he's just in position, he's going to get, you know, maybe even a block a game. I don't know. But he he's going to have his opportunities to get blocks. And in interviews, he's come out and said, you know, that he's, he's focusing on the defensive aspect of his game recently. Like, he, that is what he's focusing on because he knows that is how to get minutes when you're playing for Michael Malone. 100%. Yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of it right there. He's got to play defense first, uh, just to get any playing time. But like I, we were talking last night, I just feel like he's at the point where it's getting hard not to start the guy. Yeah, it, it's getting hard not to not to give him if, if not starting, give him a uh, real strong six man consideration because it's he is a walking bucket out there already. And 
that that's some like when we are trying to build this team to be most successful in the playoffs. Yes, we want to win in the regular season, but this is a team that has deep playoff aspirations. I mean, with the way they're constructed right now, with MPJ kind of rounding, I, I, he's still not the best version of himself. He, I think he's going to be even better by the time we get around to playoffs because he's only getting more comfortable out there on the court, more comfortable with the speed of the game, more comfortable with his teammates out there. So he's, he's going to be even better, in my opinion, when it comes time for the playoffs, which is where we're going to need him the most. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping so. Yeah, you, one of the things you mentioned was the speed of the game. So he's just getting used to it, and that does that does make me think that uh, he could struggle a little bit in the playoffs this year because the speed of the game will pick up even faster in the playoffs. When, um, guys will be playing even yeah. tighter defense. Things will scouting reports will actually matter in the postseason mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, but yeah, he's I I think he's ready. He's passed the regular season test. Like he's ready to be initiated into regular season NBA games mm, on for a more sure. consistent basis. Now. We could talk about the playoffs, but for tonight, let's say, because, you know, Harris, Millsap, Murray are all likely to not play tonight. And those are three regular starters for your team. It's the heart of the team right there. Who is your starting five tonight against the Warriors? Mason Plumley starts at five. Oh, yeah, you got a. Oh, yeah, you can start Millsap and uh, Plumley back to back there. You mean Jokic and Plumley? Yeah, that's what. Excuse me. You, uh, you you can start Jokic and Plumy together. Um, then you can go. Murray's out, so I throw Monte Morris back in there. You said PJ Dozier started yesterday, though. He didn't start. No, Murray started. Oh, Dozier right. Murray got, got his hurt. first that's right. play, yeah, like right, his right, right. first. His yeah, so I definitely start Monte Morris. I, I would not. I'd go with Dozier. You would. You would start. I would start, you would start Dozier. You would Just start the book. Is he Just a rookie? He, but he's yeah. a rookie. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think. I'm not sure if he was dra- if it's like MPJ where he was drafted last season. But this is his rookie year, technically. Yeah, I don't know nothing about the book. But I feel like I've heard his name, but I don't remember nothing really about the guy. He's been kind of um, a G League star. Oh, has he? Okay. I'd, I'd start Dozer, give him the first six minutes, see what he does. There you go. No, I I, I think I go Monte Morris. You said Gary Harris is out. So, I mean, whoever you want to slide in at the two guard, then you got Will Barton. You know, that, yeah, starter's not that really. We're, we're going up against Golden State. Uh, yeah. Morris would be my one, Jokic would be my five. Uh, I'd probably put Grant in at the four. I like Jokic and Plumlee playing together. My only problem with that is you put both of them on the court together as starters. Who's going to come in off the bench as that, you know, as that size sure, inside? Yeah, one protector there. Uh, so I'm going to put Grant in at the four. Against Golden State, there's not a player that I'm overly concerned about really trying to shut down defensively. So I might put MPJ in, start him at the three. And then as much as I'm not a huge fan of him right now, I'd probably be starting Barton at the two. Uh, it's not a bad lineup, man. I'm, nah. it's, I'm just I'm looking at it like, oh, yeah, we're playing the Warriors. They're going to start two guys who probably shouldn't be in the league. So, uh, One more question I have with the Nuggets here, specifically real quick. Um Bobo was kind of blowing it up in the G League for a handful of games there. Got called up to the NBA. Okay. He has not suited up for a single game. And then in a game like last night, for instance, where we're clearing our bench, still did not get any playing time. Uh, why is it, in, in your opinions, 
why is it Bobo got called up from the G League and then we're not even going to put him into a game in a situation where we're clearing our bench? Because he's trash. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, I, I could see that happening. The boy tonight. ain't ready, man. They know he's ready. I, I I can't really say like I've seen the guy play, but I mean, well, if, I, if there's a reason he ain't playing, it's probably because he ain't ready. I mean, we ain't but, playing Jander, Jared Vanderbilt yet. So. But that I mean, that's that's my point. Like, why are you pulling him up if in a game that is over, like last night, we had in control? That to me, that's the time when you put in the guys that aren't, um, you know, aren't ready because you're putting them in to get their feet wet. Get them acclimated in a game that you already have in control. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I mean, last night just sounds kind of funny. It must have been a much worse game at some point. The final score was one hundred to eighty-six. Yeah, uh, and we at, cleared the whole bench and everything. At like, halftime, we were up by we were up by fifteen at half. They closed it down to a five-point game at the end of the third. Yeah, that's kind of weird for us to play all fifteen because that's fifteen is still uh, fourteen is a pretty close game, especially now the way guys just hit threes. We played twelve guys, actually. That's a grip, but I mean that's that's the whole roster basically. I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, because I think only thirteen dress out for dress out any game like day. That. But, um, but yeah, so that's a lot. I just we got a lot of competition. I always say that we got a lot of competition on this team, on, uh, just yeah. on this team alone. So if if he's not seeing time, I'm not surprised that he's not seeing time i know we all excited because he's a rookie like people just love rookies and backup quarterbacks i I like the guy and he's the future because we're probably not going to be able to retain Plumlee for the amount of money he's costing all right we'll see we'll see what goes on all right guys we're gonna take a small commercial break and come back and uh who knows what we'll talk about next guess you'll stick around you're listening to the emp show here and only on the ames student radio Student Radio, home of the EMP show. And now we're kicking it back because we're going to touch a little bit on... And guys, I, I apologize for the long break there with so many songs. The TA spilt her coffee all over the system, so we had to go out buy a new system and get it replaced and everything like that. So hopefully the TA is no longer a part of the uh, staff here, but we'll see. But anyway, let's talk some bowl games that recently just occurred. Yes, uh, obviously bowl season was basically the entire time we were away. Bowl games, they're fun. I would personally rather see the playoffs get expanded and just have those games instead of doing more of these bowl games. Like, uh, I don't know, the, the Liberty Mutual Bowl or whatever kind of stuff we have thrown out there. There were some games that were definitely of interest. Um, like Washington beat Boise State. This was Peterson's Peterson's last game coaching Washington, playing against the team that he really put on the map, if you will, in Boise State. You had other games. Um, shoot, you had the Louisiana Tech-Miami game, the uh, walk-ons, Independence Bowl. I actually was at that game. That was a lot of fun. Louisiana Tech won that one 14-0. Uh, 
Uh, and then you have some games like Iowa USC, Iowa 149-24. What I kind of want to touch on on for the actual bowl games though is who care like it's football, I watch it. But do you look at bowl game records as actually an indication of strength of conference? Cuz I don't. Bill feels like deep in thought right now. Yeah, this is going to be good. So on certain points, I feel like it kind of matters. On other points, it does. it's, it's a small, it's a real small sample size, and that's the one issue. It's a real small sample size. You're only playing one game against the cat. It's a one and done thing at the end of the season. You might have had a couple weeks in between practices and all. I mean, in between the last game, maybe. So th- that's like the con of looking at it as uh, like it matters. But other side, this is like this is the opportunity, man. You've been waiting for all year. I get to show my stuff against the other guys. So you know, there's there's something to that. But I don't know. I look at it, and so many teams, like one team shows up, the other team doesn't in so many of these games. Because mm-hmm. for a lot of these teams, especially when you're talking about the better teams, like say um, Wisconsin going up against uh, Wisconsin going up against Oregon. You know, these are two teams that late in the season had championship aspirations. They have playoff aspirations at the very least. Right. So for a lot of these teams, it's kind of a it's a letdown getting into these bowl games. Yeah, it can be. It can be. But um they better tighten up mental toughness. I don't I don't know I don't know what the hell y'all talking about, man. Y'all get it you get into the hotel, you get a whole bunch of free gifts from whoever's sponsoring the the bowl game. Y'all better tighten up, man. Yeah, it matters. It matters, you know what? It matters. Nah, it doesn't matter, dog. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, no, it used to matter back in the day, like ten years ago, when there were so many less bowl games, and it was really just maybe two or three teams from each conference that were getting bowl games. Now it's like everybody's getting one, and it's yeah, the guys don't really care anymore. Guys are dropping out of the bowl games if, mm-hmm. if they have NFL chances. So it it seems to matter much less now. So it it kind of goes towards my argument. Uh, I'd like to see a drastic cut in the amount of bowl games we have and just expand the playoff, allow teams that aren't necessarily from these power conferences to get into these bowl games. Because, you know, one of the things for these bowl games is, say, Appalachian State. You know, with the current setup, Appalachian State has no chance of ever seeing the playoffs. So their only opportunity for postseason play is in the, what was that, the New Orleans Bowl, New Orleans Bowl. Right. You know, for a Memphis, Memphis had a great season, one loss all season, could not even crack the top 10 because they're from Conference USA, which, I, or uh, sorry, the AAC. It's no longer Conference USA. The AAC, who is a really good conference actually this season. Like, they had three schools that had really good football teams that, you know, I'm not going to be dumb and try to say that they could have hung necessarily with LSU. Probably could have hung with LSU as good as Oklahoma did. <laughs> Maybe even better than Oklahoma did. Because Oklahoma didn't do jack in that game. But you're talking about a conference that you know was a very you know, was a good conference this year. No chance of seeing the playoffs with the current setup. Yeah. None. Make a good point there. But... Speaking of Oklahoma and LSU, after this break, we're going to dive into the playoff matchups, what happened in the college football playoffs, and then a little, you know, a little fun game we have 
on these quarterbacks. Coming up here on AIM Student Radio, the one and only home of your EMP Sports Show. You know, I say it Colorado, but I think most of my friends say Colorado. P. Show. And now, standing at 5'11", wearing that Denver Broncos hat, 6 foot, Mike Jones! I'd like to let my fans know I'm 6 foot. I'm 6 foot. Not 5'11". Supposedly 6 foot. T.A. Measure me, bro. T.A., go get a, go get a tape measure. We're measuring in here. We're measuring the height. We're measuring the height. The height, the width, and the girth. The height. The height. The hippity hop hop. The height, the width, and the girth. <laughs> oh. All right. There's let's a conference. Ta- let's talk about some college football playoffs. Uh, for the- There'd be more of an ESPN. Yay, yay. All right. So in our first playoff game, there we go. <laughs> All right, so we we touched on the LSU Oklahoma game briefly. Boom. So let, let, let's start off with that one. That was a good game, right? Oh yeah. Yep. It was a good game there for the first two minutes, two and a half maybe minutes. <laughs> All right. It, we at, didn't know who was going to win. It was a good coin toss at <laughs> half time. Okay, at half time. LSU was up 49 to 14 already. 49 to 14. Oh man, Eddie said the coin toss was highly competitive, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, I could dig it. Yeah. That was like the last point in which the game was actually in doubt. You didn't I know. Like. You didn't know which way it would go. LSU and Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow had a great game. Seven touchdowns in the first half. Okay. 493. Yards in this game. We've got our height, weight, circumference, girth measure. We're getting it. This is our height, weight, circumference, girth measure. The TA. She's such a good TA. She found a tape measure. Remember, it goes behind his heel. That's my butt. This is riveting radio as we try to find out how tall, round, and heavy our DJ is. Ladies and gentlemen, Mike Jones Ladies and gentlemen. is now standing at six foot tall. I clipped my finger in there. Let, let's go and get Phil measured. Phil, go and get measured, big, big dog. Nah, Phil don't need to be measured. I tell you, Phil. Coming in at five Phil, foot Phil's three. Phil's a solid five ten. Five foot ten inches. Oh, you're not going to try to dock him an inch on what he says? I tell you I'm six foot. You're like, no, you're not. You're five eleven. There's no he need. He tells you you're no five, he's five ten. You're like, no, you're not like, no, you're not. You're five six. Ain't no need for Phil to lie. Hmm. Psh. Psh. This is very interesting. It's okay. Phil's fine with being short. I'm sorry. Uh, there TA, you go. I've never, you I've never been called I short said, before. It's okay. Phil's <laughs> fine with being short. <laughs> it's the first time I've ever been called short. So here we go. Well, TA. Actually, it's not. <laughs> most, most of my friends are, you know, basketball players. So there you go. Basketball They're all probably Jones. like seven foot two or something. Yeah, everybody needs to go with that six foot that six foot threshold for sure. Basketball players for real, especially if they played in college. So real quick, 
back on to the LSU-Oklahoma game. We don't have a lot of time to dive into that. Just real quick. Thoughts on the game? Rights and wrongs. Oklahoma was not in the same class as LSU. They, they chilled, missed out that. They should they, no should they have played Clemson instead? Hmm? Would you have wanted them to play Clemson instead? No, I think Oklahoma probably would have gotten whipped by any of the three teams. Yeah, they're just odd man out there. They're, they're in a class they didn't belong in, and uh, they tried to held up with the grade standard, but it just didn't work out. They flunked out pretty quickly. And that's based, like besides Joe Burrow, that's kind of – that's all to say about that game. That game was over. Yeah, that, that was so, point guess, blank end of story. Oklahoma should have been left at the dance and not. No, they deserved to get there, but they were no match for LSU. Right. They deserved to go. They just didn't deserve a ride home. Okay, there right. you go. There you go. No Uber <laughs> afterwards. No Uber afterwards. Yeah. No, no. Now switching over to the other game, a game in which I was highly was raw. Depending on who you listen to. A game that was robbed from Ohio State by the refs. All honesty, I did not watch the entire game. So I have no questions, or not questions. I have no answers to anybody's thoughts on it. I don't blame games on refs. You know, you, you play 60 minutes. A call at the end of the game does not cost you a game. Don't let yourself be in a position to lose a game because of a bad quality in the game is my response to that. Fam, they blew a huge lead. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's kind of what happened out that game. They blew that lead to Trevor Lawrence and, them, and the crew. And so, Trevor Lawrence and the crew advanced. At halftime, it was 16-14. to 14, Ohio State was up. Okay? 16-14, Ohio State was up at halftime. But at one time, I believe it was 16-0. I think Ohio State was up 16-0 at one point. Yeah. Um, I mean... Ohio State, again, in my book, they're probably the better team. Clemson won the game, though, you know, and that happens sometimes. Sometimes the better team loses, you know. Mm. Sometimes the Nuggets lose to the Pelicans. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes the better team's going to lose games. So Clemson won that game. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had a pretty decent game. Uh, Big big part of why Ohio State ended up losing is Justin Fields threw, I believe, one interception the entire season through two in that game. That boy didn't know what team he was on. He, I mean, he was aided by Dobbins running for 174 yards, a 9.7 yards per carry average. So he had a running game is what you say. Yes. He had a running game, a phenomenal support from the running game, and he couldn't pull it out, so... You, you know it. You lost, and I put that on fields. So end of story, end of story, end of story. Okay. They lose. Clemson wins. Boom. Move Would it have been game. different if they played LSU instead of Clemson? Um, I think, I think Ohio State might have had a better chance against LSU than Clemson did, just because I think Ohio State's defense is better. I think they would have been able to get more pressure on Burrow than Clemson did. And I think that could have been a key to possibly winning. Okay. I'm not sure if Ohio State would have been able to beat LSU still, but I I do think they would have been a better matchup. Yeah, I think they would have done a better job slowing down uh, Burrow. So, I mean, just Chase Young out there gives you a pass rush without having to blitz constantly, uh, and that's kind of you know it's he was just un- he was unbelievable out there. But I mean, I think. The Ohio State defense would have given them a, a better challenge than what Clemson gave them. Okay, but I do. I think actually Clemson was 
better than Ohio State, actually. But, All right. Yeah. All right. So now, the main event, Clemson and LSU. Uh, Go for it. For the most part, this game kind of went back and forth for a lot of the game until, I don't know. Until the third quarter? Yeah. Until like <laughs> late, the- late, late in the second quarter, I guess. Because, um, you know, Clemson was putting up some points. It, score-wise, it went back and forth. Lawrence had a decent start to the game. A lot of it had to do with Etienne. He Most of his production came in that first half. Uh, well, they they started off quickly. They scored twice. I think Ohio State was starting. Their first couple drives started within like the five-yard line, their own five-yard line, so they couldn't really get going. Uh, once Burrow kind of figured things out, they took off pretty quickly, and it was just could, could you match them kind of thing. One thing with this, um, in both of LSU's games – Burrow had one receiver go off. It wasn't it, he wasn't necessarily spreading the ball around with great efficiency. Against Oklahoma, Justin Jefferson, 14 catches, 227 yards and four touchdowns. Against Clemson, okay? Against Clemson, different receiver. Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase, nine catches, 100 or 221 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, Justin Jefferson still got his, but in each one of those games, it's kind of interesting to see that there's one receiver just went off for him. Yeah, uh, they do. They got some freak athletes out there. Jamar Chase is a big boy. Um, Jefferson Jefferson can play. They uh, they got some athletes, man. And I was kind of surprised. I thought Clemson had uh, the better receivers going into it with with Ross and and T Higgins, but I mean, yeah, Jamar Chase went off. Which uh, any other comments on this game? Uh, two words to me sum up the whole entire playoff series. Joe Burrow. All right. Joe Burrow. That, that, that brings me into a, another thing to do here. What? Before you please the listeners' ears with this next thing, okay, I just want to remind everybody that Notre Dame absolutely demolished Iowa State in their bowl game. Iowa State should not have even been in the pitcher to play against Notre Dame. I would have much rather seen number six Florida play against Notre Dame. Now that was the uh, Camping World Bowl, right? That was. And by the way, Camping World is now officially a taker of Eddie's money. <laughs> as I have recently purchased a camper. Shout out to campers. Camper. So camper world. Yep. In the corner with your sniper rifle. But like legit, dude. It, I don't know if you guys watch that game. Probably not. You know, because camper world's not not a big not a big bowl. No. I know you guys don't like watching Notre Dame. But I was I was so frustrated. With yeah, I'm not against watching Notre Dame. I like good football. Any just good like football. I said, well, the most of the is, bowl man, games was an appointment football. Is what I was saying. Is is I was frustrated with with the lack of heart. I guess you could say that was put out by Iowa State. The Hawkeyes? No, that wasn't. That wasn't the Hawkeyes. They they didn't give Cyclones anything. Yeah, they didn't give anything, man. Remember the bracket from last March Madness? Cyclones win it all. Cyclones. I'm just saying that, that that's my two cents. I do remember that. It was, it was ridiculous. No, yeah, shout out to Notre Dame. 
little Notre Dame uh, took 30 seconds out to shout his team out. I see you. Yep. Congrats and them boys. Respect. And I got a shout out to Navy because I did beat Army in the Army Navy versus Navy Navy had game. a really good season this year. They did. They did. I think they even won their bowl game, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, I, again, I, I do believe they did, yes. I don't pay close attention to the records from the bowl games because I don't think it overly matters. Some teams just don't show up for that. But I it mean, doesn't matter. Army <laughs> did beat Navy the last three years, and fourth time they have to give it up to Navy. So for sure. it but is sure. what it is. All right, I think we're going to take a short break here. When we come back, we're going to debut a brand new segment here on the EMP show. I, I don't know if we should, man. I don't think they're ready for it. We about to dive right. in. Well, then you have about six minutes to Something get ready juicy. for it. Do you think they have that? Is there enough time for that to happen? Can they warm themselves up in six minutes? Hey, limber up, Smoke people. them if you got Do them. some stretches. Hold your yams. Coming All at right. you with a new segment coming up next. EMP. Hold the yams. And that was Blind Melon with No Rain. And before I let you guys continue down this path of what is about to be unleashed, I want to warn you that there are no refunds. Just remember. There comes a time in every young person's life where they must answer the question, rent, trash, or buy. Yes, there is. All right. Coming off of this national championship run for Joe Burrow, putting up the best numbers we have ever seen from a college quarterback. Okay. Now, I'm not going to try to downplay this. Joe Burrow, this season, a 76.3% completion. 5,671 yards, 60 touchdowns to only six interceptions, a rating of 202. Okay, he had a phenomenal year this year playing for LSU. But for this segment... Okay, remember the last cup, like each of the last two years, there's been one quarterback that has taken the league by storm and has been talked about as the unquestioned number one can't miss prospect at quarterback. Ian Book. We started off by talking about Tua out of Alabama two years ago. Tua Tagovailoa. Alabama that's still undefeated. No trash no. Alabama. Alabama well, doesn't call football playoff. Nope, didn't even make the playoff. Well, Tua got hurt, let's, to be fair. Alabama that won their bowl game. Actually, I don't even know. Neither Did they? do I. Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah, they, they destroyed somebody. I forgot who it was. But we had Tua. Then last year, we had the freshman phenom, Trevor Lawrence, coming onto the stage. He is the can't-miss best prospect we've ever seen at the quarterback position. The golden boy. And then this year... Out of the blue, after three years of anonymity, Joe Burrow rises 
out of the Swamplands in LSU to take them on a miraculous run to a national championship. So I ask you this, Lawrence, Tua, Burrow, rent, trash, buy. Go ahead, Phil. Hmm. Well, we're going to start with the big two dog, right? Tua. Good quarterback out of Bama. Got a little foot speed on. Got a little accuracy. Strong arm for sure. Got to trash him. Okay. Got to trash him. He's just not as good as those other two from what I've seen. He He's not. Though I've heard from a guy that I like who's like, yo, man, he's probably still number one out of those out of those two, uh, Burrow and Tua. I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'll start with my sell. I'll, I'll I'll sell Joe Burrow and I'm gonna buy uh my main man, Golden Boy. All right, which one was your rent? Oh, did we You you said trash and sell. Oh my fault. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm selling Tua. I'm renting Joe Burrow and I'm buying uh my man Trevor Lawrence. All right. Trevor Lawrence, I think, is a generational talent. The Golden Boy is special. I know he didn't he didn't have his best game against uh Joe Burrow there on Monday night, but the dude can play, man. There's something special about that dude. Um Joe Burrow, I can't tell, man. I, I can't tell if, if he's just a college product or if he's gonna be like the real deal. I, I just cannot tell. He had some incredible passes, man. The ball just he just drops it so softly in, in, into the receiver's hands. Uh but he also has elite guys around him. LSU always has elite school skill guys. Uh, it's tough, man, but I'm going to have to rent Joe Burrow by the golden boy, Trevor Ariza. Uh, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> not the small forward. Yeah, not, not the small forward. That's my final answer, Doc. All right, Eddie, go. Okay. Okay. I, <clears throat> I'm i going to have to go with renting Tua because of the injuries. I want to see exactly how long it's going to take him to get back to being him. So I don't want to make that full investment right now. So I just want to rent, you know, possibly rent to own, but but rent right now. Trevor Lawrence, a.k.a. Sunshine. I am buying. Because with the right offensive line, he is going to do phenomenal Things in the NFL. But I have to trash Burrow. All right. <gasps> because I don't I don't have that much how do you say hope for him because you know he's 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 gonna go number one. Plain simple. The Bengals are probably going to pick him up, or Cleveland's going to pick him up. It's probably the Bengals. It's, it's, it's since you're Miami, right? Well, one, one and two. Yeah, Miami. I, th- I think Miami. I thought Miami was third, but anyways, I think Miami is is two. He's going number one to Cincy. Cincy. Yeah, but I don't see him doing anything in Cincinnati or Miami or Cleveland or Oakland or you know. Mainly because they have no O-line. They get demolished. More than likely, he's going to go get his start 
in the second quarter for one of them, and he's going to get hurt. All right. Even though he had a good performance in the championship game, I don't see that being who he is in the NFL. Okay. Unfortunately, he's going to be he's going to be mediocre. All right. Looks like we're in for five years of Joe Burrow versus Lamar Jackson. But Trevor Lawrence, Sunshine, that kid's got something, man. The boy got All something right. special over there. So he's got the secret sauce. The boy got something. He's different. All right. So I agree with you, Eddie, on a lot of this stuff. All right. Starting off, I'm going to rent Tua. I'm going to rent him specifically because of the injury. Uh, he's done great stuff in his college career. Okay. In his three years, uh, last year he had a 69% completion. Uh, this season, a 71.4% per completion percentage. You know, uh, and and you know, not turning the ball over as well. Last season, forty-three touchdowns to six interceptions. This year, injuries shortened his season, but still thirty-three touchdowns to three interceptions. But that is a very scary injury that he sustained. So I got to just rent him because I don't know how well he's going to be able to bounce back because so much of his game was predicated on being able to move. His athleticism added so much to his game. He had a really good arm, but what made him special was that coupled with his almost Tebow-like athleticism because he's he's a big guy who can be physical running the ball as well. So renting Tua. I'm going to buy Trevor Lawrence. Now, I wasn't convinced after last year. I, I needed to see more from him just because it's a one-year sample. He came in, he had a slow start to this season, understandable because teams actually have footage on him. They have game tape to look at. They can game plan against his tendencies, what he likes to do. But then that second half of the season, ending the year with, you know, ending the year with 36 touchdowns to eight interceptions, where I believe his eight interceptions came in his first four games of the season, if I'm not mistaken. Okay? Which means he finished on fire. He showed that he can adapt because he played some of his best competition down the stretch, and that's when he played his best games. So I'm going to have to buy Trevor Lawrence. Sneaky good athletic for somebody who's 6'6", 220, and with just one of the best arms I've seen coming out of college. And I'm 100% going to trash Joe Burrow. I was down Louisiana over the break, and I even said this to people, He's not going to be good in the NFL. Some of you it, said that to the people down there in Louisiana. Yes. Somebody got to tell them the truth, and you made it out alive. Somebody's got to tell them the truth. Did they offer you gumbo still? <laughs> yeah, yeah. How about the beignets? Did they still let you eat I the didn't beignets? Get any beignets? Oh, come on now. Probably because I trashed on but Joe Burrow. But Joe Burrow, okay. One, like you said, Eddie, he's going to be going to Cincinnati. C- Cincinnati's. He's not going to have any protection there. He's going to a bad team, okay? And that's hard to bring a team back that's as bad as what Cincinnati was this past season. It's They're not just a quarterback away. Because Andy Dalton is a good quarterback. He's not a great quarterback, but he's a good quarterback. Quarterback play was not the issue for Cincinnati this past season. They had so many other issues. Defense, offensive line, so many other issues but they're going to go for Joe Burrow in all likelihood here. But also, I want to go back to what he did previously, okay? 
His first his first couple seasons in Ohio State, he could not beat out the incumbent starters under Urban Meyer, who is like a quarter college quarterback whisperer. He makes quarterbacks in college. Couldn't beat out JT Barrett. Could not beat out JT Barrett. Could not beat out uh, Dwayne Haskins. Okay, his freshman year. Okay, uh, is his freshman year. But JT Barrett went out there, twenty four touchdowns and seven interceptions. Not all that good. Like those aren't great numbers. Okay, and you couldn't really see the field. His sophomore year, still under Urban Meyer, who made Alex Smith, who who made Tim Tebow one of the most celebrated college quarterbacks of all time, could not get onto the field because JT Barrett, um, he had another decent season. He was still, what, like a fourth-round pick in the NFL? Um, but he came out there. Not, not really a quarterback, though. Yeah, yeah. But he went out there. He had a decent season. Okay, thirty-five touchdowns to nine interceptions. He had a he had a good season, but Joe Burrow couldn't see the field. Dwayne Haskins saw the field before Joe Burrow did. And then last year he went to LSU. Okay, he is the man in LSU with all the athletes, as you like to say, Phil, that come with being a quarterback in the SEC. What was his numbers? Less than sixty percent completion percentage, fifty-seven point eight. Only 16 touchdowns to five interceptions last year, okay? This kid is like the definition, from what we've seen, of a one-year wonder at quarterback. This is, a, this is evidence of recency bias. Just like we talked about with Lawrence and two of the last couple of years, he is who we've seen most recently. He is who has impressed us most recently, so we have fallen in love with him. He, we think, wow. This this is some special, which his season again was something special. But there's no evidence here to say that this is more just a one year thing. He was bad last season, and he couldn't see the field under Urban Meyer. Okay, so okay, so let me hold you right there, and I want you both to really think about this, okay? Because you guys are, are are good arguments right now, but I want to know one thing on Burrow. Hot or not? I got Burrow down as a hot boy. What would he go for? Sixty and six this year? Yes. Is that what it was? Sixty and six in the SEC against uh, and and, and okay wasn't defenses. he wasn't he beating everybody this year? Yeah, the defenses are, are definitely just okay this year. But no, wasn't he beating first guy to win like four? No, no, first guy to beat the top four. Preseason number four. That yeah, because he beat Alabama, though. Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia. He hot, man. Again, had a great season. <laughs> so if you're talking about right now, hot or not, this season, hot or not, you just have to go hot. But if you're talking about him as a quarterback prospect, 100% not. Okay. All this argument about who you would take number one overall if Lawrence was coming out this year, is complete garbage. It is Lawrence, point blank, period. If Tua was healthy, Burrow would probably be the third quarterback in this draft class. I will agree 100% on that. But he is not the only name in the hot or not, okay? Because now we're going to step up to the pro level. But before we step to the pro level, we're going to take one small break because that's what we do here. So one small break, and then we start talking NFL. You're listening to AM Student Radio, home of that EMP show. 
EMP show coming right back at you. Now, before we took that break, Goddamn, I was good. We we were doing a little hot or not segment on how do you say college football? Yes, yes, we were. Okay, college football. But now that is how you say it. Good job, Eddie. I'm trying, guys. I'm trying. But now we move on to the NFL, and all I want to know is just from this past season for the Denver Broncos, Rich. How do you say his last name? Scangarello. One more time. Scangarello. Hot. Or not. Let's hear it. All right. So, obviously, starting off the season, I'd have to say not. He did not do well. But he is a first-time offensive coordinator who had Joe Flacco, garbage, as his quarterback for the first half of the season. And then he had two guys who never played a snap in the NFL. Okay? Brandon Allen and Drew Locke step in. Okay? Two guys who never took a snap in the NFL. And he actually, you could see how much better the offense could be under Scangarello when he had guys that could move. Okay? You saw so much more improvement from the offense as a whole, down the stretch. And part of that is also the offensive line looks so much better down the stretch than it looked earlier in the season because Mike Munchak needed time with these guys to get them to where he wants them to be. I mean, he, they still weren't perfect by any means. But you take Bowles, for instance. How often did he, were we hearing him called for flags in the first six games of the season, let's say. Quite uh, quite a few. And then for the last half of the season, that went down so much. I, I can 100% agree with you on that. So, overall, hot or not? I Honestly, I'd probably go hot. If, I, if it's an either or, I'd go hot. If there was a simmering option, I'd go simmering. Okay, okay. Phil? Talking about a guy here who was who was the OC last year, and uh, the offense was horrible, horrible. He in charge, and we was horrible, horrible, trash, throw us away, garbage. We couldn't do it. He chose Flacco. He didn't have to start Flacco all year. So for that, he didn't have to start Flacco at the beginning of the year. He didn't have to wait till the end of the season to throw in my man Drew Locke. He could have he could have gave my man Philip uh, Philip Lindsay more. More carries, more touches. And so for those reasons, I got to give him a no, a not. No, he's not hot. Hmm. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, I mean, I I can see a lot where Phil's coming from and tie that into where you're coming from. Because if we look at beginning of the season, man, it, it it was horrible. It was. It was downright embarrassing. But so how much of that had to do with the quarterback, though? That's true. But, I mean... He chose that quarterback. Offensive line, man, you you got to be making adjustments even with the, with the crappy yes. quarterback. Yes. I give him credit but for choosing the second quarterback, too, and the third quarterback. <laughs> with 
the way that we've seen Locke and we've seen Brandon Allen, okay, the way we've seen them kind of turn things around didn't necessarily take away the 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 embarrassment of the first part of the season, but it, it showed us that we have a lot of potential and a lot to gain in the next few seasons. Yes. Um, so hot or not? I will go with the hot because of that. Yes. Now, obviously, he got fired. Vic Bangio didn't think the same way. No. Um, and which brings in who? Pat Shermer. Now, with Mr. Pat Shermer. Hot or not? Go ahead, Phil. I um, uh, man, give me give me some background on Pat Shermer right quick. Somebody, right. somebody fill me in on the Pat Shermer. Pat thing. Shermer started off as an offensive coordinator in St. Louis. Was his first coordinator gig, at least in two thousand nine. Uh, spent a couple seasons there. Went on to be the head coach of Cleveland. I'm not going to hold that against him because the numbers were crap. But he was at Cleveland. I mean, Cleveland. Now, now, hold up, hold up, real quick. Because what did he do last year? <laughs> that's what I want to know. What did he do last year? That's what I want to know right there. Give me, give me the last two seasons. Last two seasons, he was the head coach of you know that that world beating offense of the New York Giants. Okay. All right. I. I, I oh. You yeah. know what? Hold up, Pat Shermer. He's not hot. <laughs> now, now, hold on, hold on here. Because I've, I've been wanting to press this button for so long today. Okay. We have another segment, okay, that we like to do. It's called Big Hits, right? So, with the firing of Mr. Rich, how do you say his last name? Skangarello. <sighs> I love when you say it like that, man. It's so nice. Okay. With the firing of him, it came out of nowhere. See? I, I like woke up one morning and it's like, Denver Broncos fire Rich. It's like Ooh. after like Vic Fangio came out and said that he didn't see any major changes in the coaching staff over the offseason. Right. So to begin that segment, <laughs> so it's safe to say. That for the first week of the EMP show, that had to have been a big hit. It's got a little arm definition over here. <laughs> yes, yes, it's it, it is a it was a big hit, especially Flat to Drew Locke. One, two, three. All right, I don't. The last thing I want for the Denver Broncos is to do kind of like what happened, let's say, to like Tannehill in Miami before now he's having this breakout season with Tennessee, right? Going through coaching changes every year of your young career, it's not good and does not it does not help development when you're trying to learn a new system, learn new coaching staff every year. Now, this is only his second year. It's only happened once, but that's the max number of times it can happen to him so far. And you go from Rich Scangarello, who was the coach, you were starting to get a little bit of a little bit of chemistry with there and then he gets fired you bring in Pat Shermer whose best seasons were 
as the OC for Philadelphia back in 13 and 14, which really, that was a Chip Kelly offense, not as much, I would say, a Pat Shermer offense. Because those were his first couple years there when that when they were really kind of taking the league by storm as far as, you know, that um, that up-tempo type of play. Would I love to see some more up-tempo brought here by Pat Shermer? I would love to. I'm not sure how much that we're going to get. So your initial question, hot or not, I'm going to go with not on Pat Shermer. One thing I am somewhat hopeful to see is how – Philip Lindsay is utilized under Pat Shermer because you're talking about a guy who's coming from a team that has Saquon Barkley, who was the vocal point of that offense. And then, I mean, Philip Lindsay is not as good as Saquon Barkley, but he is one of the better running backs in the league. He, I I hesitate to say elite running back in the league, but he's he's a really good running back in the league that was underutilized this last season. So I am hopeful that Shermer changes that okay now phil what it is what are you gonna say pat Shermer? yes you're not hot buddy i ain't your buddy pal i ain't your pal friend buddy's way more disrespectful they hate that one these days so you're saying (laughs) not right mike yes and phil you're saying not yeah he ain't hot man i'm going hot you saw what new york did last year with him and here's why i say he's gonna be hot he is like coming he's on a in. Hot seat? No, no. He's coming in to an offensive line that has shown so much more improvement behind their rookie quarterback, behind their second string quarterback. Mm, that, mm. So I feel like he's he's going to be able to develop something that is going to continue to feed that offensive line to make them better. All right, I know we need to get into the playoff picks for this weekend because we're running short on time. But one last thing on this Pat Shermer thing. Last year for the draft, Drew Locke was talked about as a potential first-round pick. Okay, Basically on the same level as a Daniel Jones right. going into the draft. Pat Shermer, as head coach of the New York Giants, spent his first-round pick on Daniel Jones. Drew Locke ended up falling into the second round to the Denver Broncos, where the Denver Broncos took him. Yeah, they he took him. passed on Drew Locke in favor of Daniel Jones, and now he is going to be coaching Drew Locke. How do you see that dynamic? I mean, it is what it is, man. People got to understand, it is what it is. You get passed up, you get passed up. You know what I mean? That That's like saying, you know, once we leave here at Ames, we go to get hired on at, a, at another radio station. Hell yeah. And... Somebody passes on us just to come work with us on a show two years later down the road. It's crazy. It happens. Ish happens. And it's how we handle that. Do I see Drew Luck having Drew Luck, sorry. Having a Drew Luck. Yeah. (laughs) Having a little bit of resentment towards it. Yeah, he could. Oh well. Guess what? New season. New goals. We got dubs to collect and a title to to take, to snatch. And to be fair, man, to be fair, all I see coming this next season are less tight games and more dominant showings for the Denver Broncos. 
we'll definitely get more into our thoughts about next season for the Broncos coming up because I think this is next season could be a playoff season for the Denver Broncos. It very well could be. And, and here you want to talk about the no. playoffs. Actually, I do want to talk about the playoffs because those are actually still going on in the NFL. So let, let's do it right now. Let's do it right now. Here we go. I double clicked. My bad. I double clicked the mouse. All right, man. Let's, let's dive in here because we got under 10. Under Get it, 10. Phil. Get it. You go first, Phil. All right, man. So what do we have last weekend? Last weekend we no, had. No, 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 no. What do we want to talk about? No. How we want to do it? How we want to I, I want you to talk about. How we want to get it in. How there are no New England Patriots. Oh, so, we can get to that. So the Tennessee Titans oh, come in this season, knock out the GOAT in Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. Done, son. And then the next week, knock out the number one overall seed in the playoffs in the 14-2 and two Baltimore Ravens. Done, son. Wow. There you go. And old school football in the NFC Championship defense running. Who are they playing? They are playing the Chiefs. In oh, the AFC, 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 AFC. Yes. my bad. AFC. They about to get the knocked out of them this weekend. I don't know, man. I don't know. They about to get ran we, off. We're about to field. have to get a cough bun for Phil over here. He he kind of they about to get ran off that field. What we need is a. Uh, You'd expect that. Yeah. You'd expect that. Yeah. But watching what they have done to New England and then to Baltimore. What Derrick Henry has done to New England and then to Baltimore. Mighty impressive. That's a big old boy. It's a big old boy running that football. Because as much as people are loving on Tannehill coming into the playoffs, Tannehill really hasn't done much in the playoffs. It's been Derrick Henry and the defense. Tannehill has yet to throw for 100 yards. Correct. In either game. I I don't see this being an easy walkover for Tennessee nor Kansas City. You heard it here first from Eddie. But I do see Tennessee Kansas City winning. two point touchdown win. Nah, 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 nah. Tennessee wins, and I'm gonna say it's, it's gonna come down to a field goal. You heard it here first from the MP show. It's gonna come down to a field goal. I mean, Kansas t- tell City me otherwise. This tell me otherwise, Phil. Home of the barbecue. I've got Pat Mahomes running it up. I've got Pat Mahomes. I've got the Chiefs figuring out how to score thirty points. Against right, the, that the, vaunted the Tennessee line, Titans defense, the running game. The line on this game is Kansas City minus seven. I I I think Kansas City wins this game, and I think I they they cover. So you yeah. got Kansas City, Bill. You got I, I definitely got Kansas City, Kansas with, City with an easy cover. I've got two touchdowns. Two touchdowns. You got seven. Yeah, I think they definitely cover the seven. I, I, the, Tennessee's a great story. I just don't – who's going to cover all these receivers? I mean. It's time to shine, baby. Because you, you, you look at it, who Tennessee has beaten is run first, play good defense teams. And New England, even though they have Tom Brady, this that was a run first team. And then in Baltimore, clearly a run first team and play good defense. This week, you're going up against a pass-first team with arguably the best quarterback in the NFL right now in Patrick Mahomes. Ain't no arguments. Look, that boy the best. That boy the best with a capital B, capital E, capital Some S, capital T. Some people might want to argue Lamar with you. But 
All right, so you guys both have Kansas City. I'm taking Tennessee. And now we move on to the NFC title game featuring by far, man, I, I am. In football's Eastern Conference. <laughs> by yeah, far, I, I, am, I am very impressed with San Francisco. <laughs> yes. Very impressed. I Okay, now this is Packers at 49ers. Linus, 49ers minus 7.5. With the 49ers, what impressed me the most was how they played Dalvin Cook and the Vikings. Dalvin Cook was one of the most dominant runners in the NFL this season. Probably the most dominant runner in the NFC. Uh, McCaffrey probably was better overall, but as far as purely running, Dalvin Cook was the best in the NFC. And he got shut down by the San Francisco defense. Now what does Green Bay bring to the table? Aaron Aaron Rodgers. They bring Aaron Jones, because this is a run-first team. And Aaron Rodgers. Yes, yeah, but it's here's the thing, man. If we look at, at in the season, look how Green Bay did against Denver. I, I don't have that confidence in Green Bay, man. I think it's going to be San Francisco by fourteen. Yeah, that sounds about right. I, I got, I got, a, I got a nice, solid, convincing W here from San Francisco. It's, it's a complete football team, man. This is probably going to Super Bowl winner right here, and that's at a minimum. That's how confident I am. For San Francisco. It's, and I hate San pick, Francisco. Pick your poison. Right. Pick your poison. How you want them to give it? You want them to run you over on, on the offense side? You want to run you on the defensive side? Just to be different, I'm going to go with Green Bay. Not necessarily to win, but definitely to cover. I think people have been sleeping on Green Bay most of the season because it's not the Green Bay we're used to seeing. It's not Aaron Rodgers going out there and throwing the ball 40 times and you know putting up 300 yards a game. It's a Green Bay team that's relying on their defense and relying on grounding the ball with Aaron Jones. Ah, there you go. Ain't none of that work last time they played a couple weeks back. So it's, I expect them to play much better this game. It's going to be interesting, man. Aaron Rodgers, probably the, man, probably second best quarterback in the league. The boy a monster out there, but I think they lose to San Francisco this week. Just too many options. Too many options. Great on, great on the back end, great on the front end, great running the game. Great. I mean, the only thing they're not great at is quarterback. That's really it. He's got a point. Wait, are you talking about San Francisco? Yeah. Not a Garoppolo fan yet? I don't, I don't think he's great. I think, I think he's definitely got a lot to prove. I can. Uh, I think I he's closer to Kirk Cousins than Aaron Rodgers. Either way, yeah. either way, San Francisco wins. They'll be in the Super Bowl. Tennessee wins. San Fran and the 10 going down Super Bowl Sunday. And San Fran just demolishes. Yeah, I've got I've got San Francisco. I, I would Kansas have to City. agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah with it, and with it, San Francisco and Kansas City, that's going to be a very interesting matchup. I have a very good game there. Is. But if we've that, got a couple if weeks that to happens, talk about Super Bowl. Uh, if that happens, man. Still it, waiting on it'll our, be good. It'll still be waiting good. for our media passes for uh, Super Bowl Look, media media Boulevard. Yeah, they they're supposed to be. They told me they're they're sending out UPS. All right, we'll see <laughs> for sure. We'll All see, right, man. You'll wrap this thing up, baby. All right, guys, that is it for the first official. The because, over there because Phil is here. First official EMP show of the spring semester. I want to give a special shout out to BH one thirty six classroom. Yeah, yeah. Glad you guys are in the same hallway, kind of, in the same hallway. 
And a quick shout out to the TA. She uh she did some good things today for us. Solid work, TA. Shout out Solid to the TA. Work. She does our favors. So we we appreciate you, TA. And we wish you guys the very best for Keep the rest of the day. Keep this up. You'll get your name by the end of the semester. 